Christ has a goal in mind, uniquely and specifically for the church, as we'll see today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. and I are pretty used to making goals every New Year, as a matter of fact, right? New Year's resolution is just a goal to try and reach or attain. Did you know that Jesus has a goal for his church? He does, and it can be found here in the book of Ephesians. As we continue our series, God's Design for Life, we'll take a look at this goal that Christ has for his church. Won't you join us? From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, let's catch up with today's pastor and teacher, Phil Howard, on this edition of Truth For Today. Walking into a garage doesn't make you a car. And walking into this place doesn't make you a Christian. You, you, you've got to experience eternal life. I receive Christ and I know what he's like, not all that he is, but I got a taste of the world to come when I received Jesus Christ on the backside of Richmond over 42 years ago. I know what it's like to have the load fall off. Do any of you remember that far back? When you felt like the load fell off, when all of a sudden peace flooded you. you, you thought if the bombs went off, if it all ends, at least I'm safe. I'm secure. I'm light as a feather. I know my sins have been forgiven. Don't let anybody talk you into that abstractly. You will experience it. Reading the life story of John Bunyan, he said, I was the meanest of the young guys I ran with. 1600s, I even sinned. And he said, uh, I didn't want God. I never, then he said, I became convicted of my sins and I asked, how could I ever be right with God? And one day he's walking in the field and all of a sudden the words of Philippians 3, 9 came and being found in him, having his righteousness, not my righteousness. And he said, oh God, this is the righteousness I've been looking for. I knew I could never get a righteousness good enough to get me there, but you mean I could have his righteousness? not my filthy rags. And he said, when that day happened, and it seemed like God wrote Philippians 3, 9 in the heavens, I fled to him and I said, I want your righteousness for my righteousness. And that day, I tasted of eternal life. I do not want to help populate hell by keep patting people on the head and saying they're saved when they've never experienced the new birth. You must come to believe him. And trust him. And then you'll know what I mean about the chains of sin losing their power. You'll be delivered from addictions. You'll be delivered from hate. You'll even forgive parents and uh, people who have hurt you. You'll forgive like you never thought you could forgive. You'll quit being a racist. You'll quit being a chauvinist. You'll quit treating people in categories. You'll become a lover of people. Because the love of God will be gushed abroad in your heart. And you'll think of people like God does. I'm talking about a biblical new birth, not churchianity. Don't go to hell from this place. Ever hearing me tell you, just be a nice boy. Just show up and you're going. No, you must come to that point where you say, Lord Jesus, I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to experience my sins forgiven. I know I'm a sinner. 
I know I can never earn heaven on my own. I don't want to play goody, good two shoes and all that. I want to know you. I want to love you. I want to spend all of life and eternity with you. What a savior. He will make all other relationships look like stagnant ponds compared to him. He'll make them look like stars next to the burning sun. You need to be enlightened that you know the faith. The faith is not just a doctrinal statement. It's him and the truths connected with him. Then he says, you'll be established in the truth. For listen to this verse. Then you will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning craftiness of men in the deceitful scheming. In the early church, Paul always had false teachers that followed him. He'd get a bunch of people led to the Lord and right behind him would be those that would steal them or confuse them, get them into a bunch of error. Did you know that cults love to find ignorant Christians and convert them? You know, I would say to you, don't be wasting your time answering the door for cults when you can't even explain how to be saved. You're no match for the cults are much better trained at passing on error than most of you are trained in passing on truth. George Whitfield one time talked to a man. He says, what do you believe? He said, I believe what my church believes. He said, and what does your church believe? He said, they believe what I believe. <laughs> How many of you, what do you believe? Whatever Valley Bible believes. What do we believe? Everything. I, they believe what I believe. I'm, I'm in. What's the gospel? Gospel? I, I, I don't know. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I mean, what do you have to do to be saved? Do you ever, could you lead someone to Jesus Christ? Because you know the truth to lead them to? Or would you confuse them? Now he's telling them, he says, I want you to be established so that the winds of faddish things, doctrines, I don't want you to wind up in some cult in Southern California where they all go to sleep because they think they're going to go to the ethereal world and they go to the room and they're all dead. I don't want you drinking a bunch of Kool-Aid with Jim Jones. I want you to know the truth and call him a liar and an apostate to teach the heresies he's taught. And innocent people died. Good people died. People related to people in this church were there. Guyana What a crazy man that stood on the Bible and said it's not the word of God, denied Christ, claimed himself to be God, and foolish people followed him to their death. I want to tell you, hear me well, hear me well. I have no time to build people into a Howard fan club. I want to build you around an eternal word that when the heavens pass away, this book, this book, will outlast all the false teachers. If it's not in the Bible, don't believe it. I don't care what he's driving. I don't care how much money he makes. I don't care how long he's been on TV. If it's not in this book, don't believe it. Don't believe it. I'm telling you the truth. Don't you ever accuse me of wanting to build you on me. I couldn't save an ant. I can't even save myself. Let me point you to Jesus, the great Lamb of God. He's a Savior. If you'll come, he'll set you free. And this book is alive. Oh, it's breathing, friend. It is alive. 
I tell you, I don't come back to church because everybody's applauding a preacher. Most folks don't like us. But I tell you right now, this book, when I say I'm not going to preach it, it starts burning like fire in me. And pretty soon I can't take any more Maui. I can't take any more Kauai. I got to preach because it's true. And I've seen people let off the error, error, heresy, stealing their money, seducing their women. And I've said, why don't you come back to Jesus and the word? It'll treat your daughters right. It won't steal your money. It will exalt Christ above all the human frailties you see. Christ, him alone, he's preeminent. Be Lord in this place. I feel like I'm preaching like a wild man. If you hear all the lies I hear on TV and people quoting this and I'm into that and I'm into that. My wife and I was at a meeting and a guy was supposed to be preaching. And I was talking to my sister. She asked me about a certain place and you went there and said, how was it and, and all like that. And I said, the boy didn't preach anything. I mean, he was up there walking back and forth on the stage and had some cuties, but he, he didn't have any content. And uh, she said, well, why do you suppose he didn't preach the word? I said, you can only preach what you love. And when you're more in love with yourself than you are with what God said, you're going to always talk about what you said. Friend, let me tell you, for 30 years, I've been trying to preach this Bible. I've only made my way through 28 books since I've been here. I'm hoping God won't take me until I finish the whole Bible. So I got another 100 years coming. <laughs> let me tell you, this book, this book. It is on fire. It changes marriages. It changes your attitude. It saves people. I was born again by the living word of God, not by some slick talking preacher. I was saved by God's word. This is what we want to be about. When we named this place, we were in Pano Valley. I said, I don't want to be in a denomination. I want to die for the Bible. If it's in the Bible, I'm going to bake my life on it. If God said it, I believe it. And even if I don't believe it, it's true. You want to be established. You don't want to be a mamby-pamby. I'm not sure. Why aren't you sure? Come up to me and tell me you're not sure. I want to take you by the hand and I'm going to lead you back to one of those small groups and sign on the line. I want to ask you why you aren't here Sunday night. I want to ask you why you don't make it every Sunday morning. Stay around until you get established. Because the wolves want to destroy you. You think there's a thousand valley Bibles in the Bay Area? You're kidding. There's a famine for the word of God. There's a thousand clerical callers, but there's not a thousand preachers. There's a lot of men making a living from the gospel that don't preach the gospel. Are you with me? Am I mad? I'm not mad. I'm mad at the devil and the wolves and the destroyed lives we pick up. Are you established? Or does the latest fad move you? I hope the latest chick out of Hollywood doesn't move me from my wife. And I see some believers, their loyalty to Christ is just waiting for a new fad, a new thing. They're just kind of testing the wind. Well, I don't wanna to get too involved in this church. Why? Well, there might be a better one come along. Well, they might not want you. Better churches want better folks. This kind of church wants you. Think about that. If they're real good, you may not get in. This church allows just hell-bound, forgiven sinners in. If you came through the door, you're in. And Jesus said, I'm the door. 
I want to be in his church. All these man-made things are going to blow away. Have you ever gone into a building when I went yesterday to see that preacher that had died in the night? I didn't know. I went to see him in the hospital, went by the church. Have you ever been in a building that's dedicated to a church? I sat there waiting for this pastor's wife to come home. And, and nobody knew how to host me, so I just went and sat in the main auditorium. I tell you, a building is so empty. It's just running down. It needs to be painted. It needs this. I thought, this is nothing to what the real church is about. Save, redeem people. This is just plaster and dirt and deterioration. But we keep being renewed day by day. Well, he says to them, for you, he wants them to be established and to grow up. Grow up into him who is the head. Are you growing? One man said, I've got 20 years experience. And another man says, yeah, but it's only one year's experience repeated 20 times. You haven't grown in 20 years. Have any of you grown? Are you growing? I mean, in your knowledge, in the grace of the Lord Jesus, in your behavior? Have you learned to grow up and put off old behaviors that used to bind you up, but now you've been set free because you read God's word, took him at his word, and he set you free? Isn't that wonderful? Hey, he's changed things in you. And I'm growing in the grace of our Lord Jesus. I think that's not only, I know I'm under his grace, but I would think people that love grace would learn to be gracious. I've seen some folks that kill you over the doctrines of grace and then the most ungracious people you ever want to be around. They'll kill you for the truth. I'm right. I said, I don't need anyone's right. I just need someone to give me a glass of water. No, I am right. And I'm dying in their midst for a drink. No, when you're growing, do you know what we'll start accusing you of? You're beginning to look a little bit like Jesus. I recognize folks when they act like him. It's so uncommon. Every once in a while you find Christians that, that act like Christ. It's really, re go ahead, sister, get it out. I, I just, uh, you know, I'd rather that than groaning. No, but just, what, are, are you ever accused of acting like Jesus? Wouldn't it be wonderful? J. Vernon McGee tells the story that when he preached as a Dallas student doing his doctorate, he went, he, he would preach uh, in these cotton fields around Dallas. Now, this is back in the 30s. Poor churches. And he said he was taking care of this one church and one old hayseed, as he called him, attended every service. He said he, he had loud ties, loud sport coats. He said this man was a pure hayseed. He knew how to dress, anything, but he'd always have these big ties, uh, colors that would just blind you. He, he was just an ignorant farm boy. But he'd show up when McGee preached. One Sunday when McGee got through preaching, the old Haysi was waiting for him at the back of the building. McGee went to him. He said, can I help you, sir? If you'll bring up back to the Bible, their webpage has this story. He said, I just want to tell you, Mr. McGee, I never knew Jesus was so beautiful until I heard you preach today. I never knew he was this wonderful. McGee said, friend, that's the greatest 
preaching compliment I've ever received in all my ministry of over 60 years. I never knew what Jesus was like until I heard you. I want to ask you, does your family know any more about Jesus since you got saved than before? Does Jesus show up on your block? I wonder if your kids know any more about what Jesus looks like because you accepted him. Are you a screaming, yelling, out of control parent? Telling you got to go to church. God can make a difference in you. And they're saying, it hasn't done anything for you. If it doesn't work at home, it doesn't work. Oh, I wish this church had learned to turn off these stupid TVs and start learning to sing hymns together. Start having some prayer time. Maybe learn to play checkers with your kids. Uh, take up wrestling or do something, but just turn off the TV. Well, this is convicting. Let me ask you these questions. Have you listened and obeyed the teaching of God's word through God's servants? So that you said, I'm equipped. I'm ready to minister. I, I, I'm available. And in that equipped, say, are you mended? Are you restored? And, and be honest with yourself. Is there something there that needs to be fixed? You've got to go to someone or uh, you've got to confess a secret sin or attitude. Whatever is hindering you, my beloved, my beloved children of God. You're being robbed of your crown until you're engaged with him in bearing his fruit. Two, are you willing to serve the body of Christ? Now, we don't want to make you a pastor. and We're not going to send you to uh, the deepest jungles of Africa. Would you be willing to be an usher? Would you be willing to do anything that you're able to do at this level? A teacher's assistant? Nursery, what's there? There's lots of work. Ask at that information booth and you can have a coronary if you knew all the work that we have to get done. Can you explain what the Christian faith is? What is Christianity? Uh, I know it's not Islam. Well, you still haven't told them what it is. What is it? Well, I know you can't do a lot of it. Don't tell them the can'ts. Tell them what it is. How you can grow in Christ. Get in a small group Bible study. And everyone that's been in it said, amen. amen. Get in it. And, and you folks that won't teach one that know how, may God put hornets in your life. <laughs> we, we need people to pass it on. We don't need you sitting in your hands saying, well, I really know how to teach. I'm just not available. Well, who are you available for? Well, uh, you know, I need relaxation. Friend, we've got all eternity to relax. And the things wearing you out is not Christian service. It's you staying up too late, you're running too much, and you're watching too much TV, but you're not reading too much of God's word. Most of you say, I barely have a quiet time. Oh, and he's back, isn't he? Um, <laughs> serve, uh, let's say, um, uh, how, serve as a teacher, teacher's assistant. Usher, music, you. Now, before you come to music, please, we don't need zealots. We need talent. So just kind of, I mean, we got folks want to be on the platform that need to be doing a lawn service or something. Uh, find a place where you can serve. Uh, 
I, I say, listen to sermons. You know what would help? I, I would say, this is profound. Now, hold on. This is deep. I see some of you, you never bring your Bible to church. If we didn't put them in the pew, you'd never bring a Bible. And you know, some of you, you, you do this most of the service. Uh, I mean, and, and if you're doing it right now, I don't have you in mind, but your category, there's many. I don't want to do this too much because some of you could be guilty. But I, I just see people during the sermon, they just kind of, and they're over here biting on their wife's ear or girlfriend. I mean, it, it, it looks like Mike Tyson's fight. I'm not, I'm not. I, I, what, what's come over you, honey? Love making is not a spectator sport. Don't come to church to make out your wife. I found out everybody who does a lot of public affection is starving in private. And, and your teenagers don't make, make, make it out in church. Don't be down here playing with their kneecap. We're going to break your knuckles in the name of the Lord. <laughs> and, and I see people like this, they get their arms, all that. And, and you know, we'll say something profound. We put it on the PowerPoint. We put it in the note. And I, I'm just thinking, could you just take a note? <laughs> one, one little note? <laughs> I mean, was anything said a little bit that you might use? Oh. I'm established already. My theme song is, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. <laughs> yeah, honey, we believe you. You haven't learned anything in 20 years in church. So I haven't found any preachers that can tell me anything because you're unteachable. You got a pastor teacher. And every time we put any other man in this pulpit, they aren't up here preaching funny books. We study to show ourselves approved. Howard Hendricks asked a guy that worked on the space program, brilliant scientist, but in church, he was just about, you know, uh, minus zero IQ to things of God. Yeah. And one day Hendricks says, hey, did you ever take notes when you were going through college and when you were doing your doctorate? He said, take notes. Here's my bread and butter. I couldn't have passed any exams. I couldn't have passed the test. He said, I notice you never take any in church. Are you passing the test? Don't come to church to be entertained. Come to church to learn how to be established, equipped, learn to be enlisted. You don't want me. They said of Jeremiah, when they listened to his prophecy, he was as one who played an instrument. He was so good to listen to. But Jeremiah said, but they wouldn't do a thing I said. Don't let preaching turn into an in-house entertainment. I know we're better than Letterman. I know we're better than, uh, yeah. I did a Valentine's banquet up in Santa Rosa a while back. And it was right next to a bar. They had like a, you know, a lounge there. And then they had this private room where they, they did banquets. And I went in there to uh, do this Valentine's thing. And man, we, we were hilarious. At I mean, we, we, everything's funny. Man, I, I, I made fun of our love for a while. You know, the phone doesn't ring. It's me, that kind of stuff. And I told them all these one-liners and, she ran off of the garbage man. I don't miss that woman, but who's going to empty the can? That kind of stuff. And, and uh, you know, we were, we were, uh, man, we were having a ball. We were, and all of a sudden, I'm standing with a pastor at the end of the thing, and this couple go by, and he says, man, I don't know these people. And so they came by, and they kind of said, hey, said, you know what? We meant to go to the lounge. When we came here, this beats Vegas. This beats anything we've seen, man. And, and we're still not totally zapped that we know what you said. Keep it up. 
I want to tell you, we're telling you stuff that will equip you for life, right? And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time together has come to a close here, but as we leave you, we'd like to do so with our address and phone number if you'd like to contact us, and we would love to hear from you. You see, Truth For Today airs here on KFAX in part through financial partnerships with our listeners, such as yourself. If the Lord is prompting you to make either a one-time gift or be a monthly donor, we would love to hear from you. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. Please take a moment and contact us at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. And as our way of saying thank you for your partnership with us, we'll make you a TFT sustainer, which includes our quarterly newsletter, a once-a-year special gift. Take a break with Pastor Phil, the weekly video devotional, into your email box every week. Again, it's all part of our TFT Sustainers Package. Contact us and learn more at 855-833-9864, or simply stop by our website, valleybible.org. And you can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. As you stop by our website, valleybible.org, please remember other resource materials are available there. Other series is taught by Pastor Phil, some of the books that he's authored. You can also find out about Valley Bible Church, who we are and what we believe, how to get here, times that we worship, and you're more than welcome to join us. Again, you'll find it all at valleybible.org. Stop by and pay us a visit. Then drop us an email and let us know you did pay us a visit. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Mm -hmm.